gospel message. This week I listened to a message preached by a woman and she preached this message many, many years ago. And when I started listening to the message, it was about complaining. And at first, the way she introduced it, I really didn't think there was going to be a lot in that message that applied to me. But during the course of the message, she used some very interesting examples and she made some very interesting statements. She talked about society today, human beings in, in general, Christian and non-Christian alike, and how we have become such an era of complainers, especially in this country, the United States, and I would say even many of the countries a lot of us come from, and that we have become a generation of complainers where when things don't go our way, we feel we are just entitled to complain about it. She talked about adults, you know, complaining about the weather. When the weather, when we want sun and it's raining, we complain. When we want rain and it's sunny, we complain. When it's too hot, we complain. When it's too cold, we complain. When we're driving on roads and the roads are, have potholes, we complain. When we are at our work or we're at our schools and things don't go according to how it is pleasing to us, we complain. And we raise our children the same way. And not only do we complain, we sort of throw temper tantrums or fits or something to voice our displeasure. And it has become the norm. It has become the norm to the point that when people are not complaining, we encourage them to complain. We sort of even find some sort of term or mantra that suits why it's okay to voice your complaints. Not necessarily your opinion, but your complaints. And that's the generation that we live in. And that's you know, what life has become. Even though we who are Christians, the Bible warns us about murmuring and the Bible warns us about complaining. So when I was listening to it, I started to, you know, be very convicted because I started to think of myself and a lot of things that I do. And where the Spirit was taking me as I was meditating on this message. So it's like when we complain about the weather, right? So it's it's where we want it to be hot, but it's cold. And we're sitting there and we have all these negative things to say about the weather. You know, it's so cold. I'm so sick and tired of this cold. And I just can't wait until it's hot and this, this and that and that. And when you think about it, do I have any control of the weather? No. Does any human being have any control about the weather? No. So if I'm complaining about the weather, who is my gripe against? My gripe is against he who does have control of the weather, which is God. So I have an issue with God for not giving me the type of weather conditions that I want. Now, when I'm just in habit, complaining, just Anyhow, because again, that's just what I'm used to doing. I fail to realize what I am really doing, which is complaining, murmuring, criticizing, finding fault with God for not giving me the thing as I want the thing to be. 
you know, and apply that to every aspect of our lives. When we want, you know, children and, you know, remember in, in, in Genesis, when Sarah complained to Abraham about not having children, she says, oh, you have not given me a child. And here is this woman, you know, his other, his other wife mocking me and, and, and doing all these things to me. And Abraham's response to her was, am I God? You know, am I the one that can do more than what God himself can do? So when we start complaining about things that we or no other human being has control of, we're really complaining about God to God. But we're not doing it in a way that pleases God. We're doing it in a way that pleases Satan because we know that's his MO. His MO is to criticize God. His MO is to find fault with everything that God does. And when that dawned on me, I was like, wow, you know, and the woman didn't say this. That wasn't part of her message, but that's what the Holy Spirit ministered to me about me. And I was convicted majorly. And it just took me to every single thing, you know, at different stages of life when, oh, I want to make sure that I do this on this particular day. So all these circumstances have to line up. They have to be conducive. And I'm praying to God, oh God, let this happen. And let this not happen. And let this happen because I really want to do this on Saturday. Or I really want to do this on Sunday. Or I really want to do this next week. And when it doesn't happen. Oh God, come on, you know, why is this? Why is that? I prayed for this and this. And we start complaining, you know? The God who sees, the God who hears, the God who said, let there be light and there was light, the God who raised the dead, the God who, who puts life into a virgin woman, <laughs> puts a baby in there by the power of the Holy Spirit, and she gives birth to one who the Bible says he will be called the Son of God. This is the God that I am complaining to about the weather or because things did not line up to meet my Sunday plans or tonight my Saturday plans. And I'm like, wow, this is what I do. Brethren, this is what we do. And it is appalling. It is appalling when we sit there and realize it, and when the Holy Spirit reveals it to us, it's shameful, it's embarrassing, and it calls for us to just come to the Lord and ask, Lord, for have mercy, because I didn't see it, I didn't see it, and then when he now shows it to us, we have to come back and say no more, because if I believe that God is who he says he is, and I truly believe it, not just I'm reading the words, or I'm memorizing the phrase, or I can recite the passages because I've memorized all the passages. I believe it. I believe him. I believe in him. So if I say my life is in his hands, and I have entrusted my life, meaning I have taken away my rights to myself and given all those rights to God, the creator. If I say it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And I say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you so that I am a vessel for you to live your life through me. If I do this as an act of commitment, as an act of faith, then who am I to complain about where he leads me and how he chooses to lead me there? If 
that is the lot that he has given me. And I believe, according to Psalm 16, that my lines have fallen in pleasant places, my boundary lines. Then why am I complaining about the places that he brings me to? I am griping against God. And I have to stop. He knows. He sees. So there is nothing that I am going through that he does not know. He knew before I got here and he knows what the outcome is going to be. I don't see the outcome, but I see him. I see him as God of my life, as the king who sits on the throne of my life. I see Jesus as the one who wears me, the one who occupies this vessel by the power of his Holy Spirit. And he moves me. He uses me for the gospel to fulfill his ministry, his ministry, not mine. So who am I to complain about where he leads me, about what he allows to come upon my body? Now I have to make sure I'm not actively participating in transgression and those things that don't please him. I have to make sure that I am not willfully giving myself to things that he says that I should depart from. Whatever he considers to be sinful, whatever he considers to be wrong, I have to make sure because he has revealed all those things to me. The Bible says he has given us everything we need to live a godly life. So if I am indeed making every effort to live that godly life by putting off all those ungodly things that he has specified in his word that I put off and I say, Lord, I am yours. I am yours. Take me, use me, lead me. So if he leads me through a path that the road may not be as smooth as I would like it to be, who am I to complain? Who am I to complain on a cold day that I want sun? If he wanted there to be sun on that day, there would be sun. If it is cold, then I say, Lord, I glorify you for the opportunity to be here this day. If my body is doing things that I don't want my body to do because it's inconvenient, but yet, is he not the God of my body? If I have committed it to him and he says, this is where I want you to be right now. This is what I want you to be going through right now. Who am I to gripe and complain and say again, Lord, I'm here again. May the Lord have mercy on me. May the Lord have mercy on us. He says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, be careful for nothing. Nothing. He didn't say be careful for things on Monday, but then don't be careful. But no, be careful for nothing. Some translations say do not worry about anything. Other translations say be anxious for nothing. Be careful. Don't complain. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Don't be trepidatious. Don't dread. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, everything, every single thing, every circumstance, every day, every condition, every, every state of the body, every state of the mind, every, every financial situation, every situation about what I want, my marriage, my children, my, my job, my, my this, my that. In everything, 
Be careful not for it. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about it. All the things we want, all the things we need, all the things we believe we're entitled to, even though 99% of them, we are not entitled to any of them. But he said, be careful for nothing. But in everything, through what? Complaining? No. Through murmuring? No. Through declaring and decreeing? No. But in everything, through prayer and petition or supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Just make your request. Don't worry about it. If it comes in our minds as a need, make a request to God. In prayer, present the supplication and give him thanks for where we are and give him thanks for what it is that we're seeking from him. In everything, give him thanks. Present your supplications to God, your requests, your needs, your desires, present them to God, and that's it. And then have the expectation, not of the request being fulfilled, just have the expectation of what? Verse 10, verse, verse 7, and the peace of God. His peace, his peace, this valuable gift of peace, this valuable, immeasurable, unquantifiable, incomparable gift of peace. Not the peace as the world gives peace, not peace as man can give peace, not peace representing the absence of trouble, but the peace of God that passes all understanding in the midst of our lack, in the midst of our discomfort, in the midst of our trouble, in the midst of our illness, in the midst of our childlessness, in the midst of our spouselessness, in the midst of a broken marriage or a broken relationship, in the midst of wanting, in the midst of whatever it is we're looking for. His peace that passes all understanding will guard our minds so that we are now free from this anxiety, free from the worry, not because we have what we're looking for, but because we have the God that surpasses anything we can ever ask or imagine. He wants us to just be full of him, to be content with him, to be saturated with him. Whatever we need, we know he can provide it in the blink of an eye. He is God. Let there be light and there was light. He is God. That God who created everything out of nothing. The world and everything in it, the constellations, the solar systems, the planets, the water. Can you create water? Can you create air? He can. Can you create animals? Can you create land? Can you create vegetation? No, he can. This is the God we serve. So when he says, be careful for nothing, but just make your request known to me, then let us do that and stop complaining. Stop demanding. Stop murmuring. Forget about what other people say. Oh, other people will, people will ask, where's your God? Let them ask. That's not your problem. That's not our problem. You worship the God that you serve. Let him be God. You just be a faithful servant. We have to stop our complaining. We have to stop our murmuring. 
We have to stop our demanding. We have to stop doing these things that we think are nothing, but they are so huge. So huge. And once we set our hearts to do it and put one foot in front of the other, it is he who makes it manifest in our lives. He wills it for us to do it. Now we have to will it for ourselves so that he can now make it complete. No more complaining. God is not pleased with our complaining. And now that he has revealed it, we no longer have an excuse. And may we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.